section 32 of select sermons of jonathan edwards this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by ben wilford select sermons of jonathan edwards section 32 the manner in which the salvation of the soul is to be sought part 2 3 men should be willing to engage in and go through this business however great and difficult it may seem to them seeing it is for their own salvation because one a deluge of wrath will surely come the inhabitants of the old world would not believe that there would come such a flood of waters upon the earth as that of which noah told them though he told them often neither would they take any care to avoid the destruction yet such a deluge did come nothing of all these things of which noah had forewarned him failed so there will surely come a more dreadful deluge of divine wrath on this wicked world we are often forewarned of it in the scriptures and the world as then does not believe any such thing yet the threatening will as certainly be accomplished as the threatening denounced against the old world a day of wrath is coming it will come at its appointed season it will not tarry it shall not be delayed one moment beyond its appointed time two all such as do not seasonably undertake and go through the great work mentioned will surely be swallowed up in this deluge when the floods of wrath shall come they will universally overwhelm the wicked world all such as shall not have taken care to prepare an ark will surely be swallowed up in it they will find no other way of escape in vain shall salvation be expected from the hills and from the multitude of mountains for the floods shall be above the tops of all the mountains or if they shall hide themselves in the caves and dens of the mountains there the waters of the flood will find them out and there shall they miserably perish as those of the old world who were not in the ark perished genesis chapter seven verses twenty one twenty three so all who shall not have secured to themselves a place in the spiritual ark of the gospel shall perish much more miserably than the old world doubtless the inhabitants of the old world had many contrivances to save themselves some we may suppose ascended to the tops of their houses being driven out of the one story to another till at last they perished others climbed to the tops of high towers who yet were washed thence by the boisterous waves of the rising flood some climbed to the top of trees others to the top of mountains and especially of the highest mountains but all was in vain the flood sooner or later swallowed them all up only noah and his family who had taken care to prepare an ark remained alive so it will doubtless be at the end of the world when christ shall come to judge the world in righteousness some when they shall look up and see him coming in the clouds of heaven shall hide themselves in the closets in secret places in their houses others flying to the caves and dens of the earth shall attempt to hide themselves there others shall call upon the rocks and mountains to fall on them and cover them from the face of them that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb so it will be after the sentence is pronounced and wicked men see the terrible fire coming which is to burn this world for ever and which will be a deluge of fire and will burn the earth even to the bottoms of the mountains and to its very center deuteronomy chapter thirty two verse twenty two for a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn to the lowest hell 
and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains i say when the wicked shall after the sentence see this great fire beginning to kindle and to take hold of this earth there will be many contrivances devised by them to escape some flying to caves and holes in the earth some hiding themselves in one place some in another but let them hide themselves where they will or let them do what they will it will be utterly in vain every cave shall burn as an oven and the rocks and mountains shall melt with fervent heat and if they could creep down to the very centre of the earth still the heat would follow them and rage with as much vehemence there as on the very surface so when wicked men who neglect their great work in their lives then who are not willing to go through the difficulty and labor of this work draw near to death they sometimes do many things to escape death and put forth many endeavors to lengthen out their lives at least a little longer for this end they send for physicians and perhaps many are consulted and their prescriptions are punctually observed and they also use many endeavors to save their souls from hell they cry to god they confess their past sins they promise future reformation and oh what would they not give for some small addition to their lives or some hope of future happiness but all proves in vain god has numbered their days and finished them and as they have sinned away the day of grace they must even bear the consequence and forever lie down in sorrow three the destruction when it shall come will be infinitely terrible the destruction of the old world by the flood was terrible but that eternal destruction which is coming on the wicked is infinitely more so that flood of waters was an image of this awful flood of divine vengeance when the waters pour down more like spouts or cataracts or the fall of a great river than like rain what an awful appearance was there of the wrath of god this however but an image of that terrible outpouring of the wrath of god which shall be for ever yea for ever and ever on wicked men and when the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the waters burst forth out of the ground though they had issued out of the womb job chapter thirty eight verse eight this was an image of the mighty breaking forth of god's wrath which shall be when the flood gates of wrath shall be drawn up how may we suppose that the wicked of the old world repented that they had not hearkened to the warning which noah had given them when they saw these dreadful things and saw that they must perish how much more will ye repent your refusing to hearken to the gracious warnings of the gospel when ye shall see the fire of god's wrath against you pouring down from heaven and bursting on all sides out of the bowels of the earth four though the work which is necessary in order to man's salvation be a great work yet it is not impossible what was required of noah doubtless appeared a very great and difficult undertaking yet he undertook it with resolution and he was carried through it so if we undertake this work with the same good will and resolution we shall undoubtedly be successful however difficult it be yet multitudes have gone through it and have obtained salvation by the means it is not a work beyond the faculties of our nature nor beyond the opportunities which god gives us if men will but take warning and hearken to counsel if they will but be sincere and in good earnest be seasonable in their work take their opportunities use their advantages be steadfast and not wavering they shall not fail application the use i would make of this doctrine is to exhort all to undertake 
and to go through this great work, which they have to do in order to their salvation, and this let the work seem ever so great and difficult. If your nature be adverse to it, and there seems to be very frightful things in the way, so that your heart is ready to fail at the prospect, yet seriously consider what has been said, and act a wise part, seeing it is for yourselves, for your own salvation, seeing it is for so great a salvation, for your deliverance from eternal destruction, and seeing it is such absolute necessity in order to your salvation, that the deluge of divine wrath will come, and there will be no escaping it without preparing an ark. It is not best for you to undertake the work, engage in it with your might, and go through it, though this cannot be done without great labor, care, difficulty, and expense. I would by no means flatter you concerning this work, or go about to make you believe that you shall find an easy light business of it. No, I would not have you expect any such thing. I would have you sit down and count the cost, and if you cannot find it in your heart to engage in a great, hard, laborious, and expensive undertaking, and to persevere in it to the end of life, pretend not to be religious. Indulge yourself in your ease, follow your pleasures, eat, drink, and be merry, even conclude to go to hell in that way, and never make any more pretenses of seeking your salvation. Here consider several things in particular. 1. How often you have been warned of the approaching flood of God's wrath. How frequently you have been told of hell, heard the threatenings of the word of God set before you, and been warned to flee from the wrath to come. It is with you as it was with the inhabitants of the old world. Noah warned them abundantly of the approaching flood, and counseled them to take care of their safety. First Peter chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Noah warned them in words, and he preached to them. He warned them also in his actions. His building the ark, which took him so long a time, and in which he employed so many hands, was a standing warning to them. All the blows of the hammer and axe, during the progress of that building, were so many calls and warnings to the old world, to take care for their preservation from their approaching destruction. Every knock of the workmen was a knock of Jesus Christ at the door of their hearts, but they would not hearken. All these warnings, though repeated every day, and continued for so long a time, availed nothing. Now, it is not much so with you as it was with them. How often have you been warned? How have you heard the warning knocks of the gospel, Sabbath after Sabbath, for these many years? Yet how have some of you no more regarded them than the inhabitants of the old world regarded the noise of the workmen's tools in Noah's ark? Objection! But here possibly it may be objected by some, that though it be true they have been often been told of hell, yet they never saw anything of it, and therefore they cannot realize it that there is any such place. They have often heard of hell, and are told that wicked men, when they die, go to the most dreadful place of torment, that hereafter there will be a day of judgment, and that the world will be consumed by fire. But how do they know that it is really so? How do they know what becomes of those wicked men that die? None of them came back to tell them. They have nothing to depend on but the word which they hear. And how do they know that all is not a cunningly devised fable? Answer. The sinners of the old world had the very same objection against what Noah told them of a flood about to drown the world. 
yet the bare word of god proved to be sufficient evidence that such a thing was coming what was the reason that none of the many millions then upon earth believed that what noah said but this that it was a strange thing that no such thing had ever before been known and what a strange story must that of noah have appeared to them wherein he told them of a deluge of waters above the tops of the mountain therefore it is said in hebrews chapter eleven verse seven that noah was warned of god of things not seen as yet it is probable none can conceive how it could be that the whole world should be drowned in a flood of waters and all were ready to ask where there was water enough for it and by what means it should be brought upon the earth no one did not tell them how it should be brought to pass he only told them that god had said that it should be and that proved to be enough the events showed their folly in not depending on the mere word of god who was able who knew how to bring it to pass and who could not lie in like manner the word of god will prove true in threatening a flood of eternal wrath to overwhelm all the wicked you will believe it when the event shall prove it when it shall be too late to profit by the belief the word of god will never fail nothing is so sure as that heaven and earth shall pass away but the word of god shall not pass away it is firmer than mountains of brass at the end the vision will speak and not lie the decree shall bring forth and all wicked men shall know that god is the lord that he is a god of truth and that they are fools who will not depend on his word the wicked of the old world counted noah a fool for depending so much on the word of god as to put himself to all the fatigue and expense of building the ark but the event showed that they themselves were the fools and that he was wise two consider that the spirit of god will not always strive with you nor will his long suffering always wait upon you so god said concerning the inhabitants of the old world in genesis chapter four verses three my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years all this while god was striving with them it was a day of grace with them and god's long suffering all this while waited upon them first peter chapter three verse twenty which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of god waited in the days of noah while the ark was a preparing all this while they had an opportunity to escape if they would but hearken and believe god even after the ark was finished which seemed to have been but little before the flood came still there was an opportunity the door of the ark stood open for some time there was some time during which noah was employed in laying up stores in the ark even then it was not too late the door of the ark yet stood open about a week before the flood came noah was commanded to begin to gather in the beasts and birds during this last week still the door of the ark stood open but on the very day that the flood began to come while the rain was yet withheld noah and his wife his three sons and their wives went into the ark and we are told in genesis chapter seven verse sixteen that god shut him in then the day of god's patience was past the door of the ark was shut god himself who shuts and no man opens shut the door then all hope of their escaping the flood was past it was too late to repent that they had not hearkened to noah's warning and had not entered into the ark while the door stood open after noah and his family had entered the ark 
and God had shut them in, after the windows of heaven were opened, and they saw how the waters were poured down out of heaven, we may suppose that many of those who were near came running to the door of the ark, knocking and crying most piteously for entrance, but it was too late. God himself had shut the door, and Noah had no license, and probably no power to open it. We may suppose they stood knocking and calling, Open to us, open to us, oh let us in. We beg that we may be let in, and probably some of them pleaded old acquaintance with Noah, that they had always been his neighbor, and had even helped him to build the ark, but all was in vain. There they stood till the waters of the flood came, and without mercy swept them away from the door of the ark. So it will be with you, if you continue to refuse to hearken to the warnings which are given you. Now God is striving with you, now he is warning you of the approaching flood, and calling upon you Sabbath after Sabbath. Now the door of the ark stands open, but God's Spirit will not always strive with you, his long-suffering will not always wait upon you. There is an appointed day of God's patience, which is as certainly limited as it was to the old world. God has set your bounds which you cannot pass. Though now warnings are continued in plenty, yet there will be last knocks and last calls, the last that ever you shall hear. When the appointed time shall be elapsed, God will shut the door, and you shall never see it open again, for God shutteth, and no man openeth. If you improve not your opportunity before that time, you will cry in vain, Lord, Lord, open to us. Matthew chapter 25 verse 11 and Luke chapter 23 verse 25 etc while you shall stand at the door with your piteous cries the flood of god's wrath will come upon you overwhelm you and you shall not escape the tempest shall carry you away without mercy and you shall be forever swallowed up and lost three consider how mightily the billows of divine wrath will be when they shall come the waters of noah's floods were very great the deluge was vast it was very deep the billows reached fifteen cubits above the highest mountain, and it was an ocean which had no shore, signifying the greatness of that wrath which is coming on wicked men in another world, which will be like a mighty flood of waters overwhelming them, and rising vastly high over their heads, with billows reaching to the very heavens. Those billows will be higher and heavier than mountains on their poor souls. The wrath of God will be an ocean without shores, as Noah's flood was. It will be misery that will have no end. The misery of the damned in hell can be better represented by nothing than by a deluge of misery, a mighty deluge of wrath, which will be ten thousand times worse than a deluge of waters, for it will be a deluge of liquid fire. As in the scriptures, it is called a lake of fire and brimstone. At the end of the world, all the wicked shall be swallowed up in a vast deluge of fire, which shall be as great and as mighty as Noah's deluge of water. See Second Peter chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7. After that the wicked will have mighty billows of fire and brimstone eternally rolling over their poor souls and their miserable tormented bodies. Those billows may be called vast liquid mountains of fire and brimstone, and when one billow shall have gone over their heads, another shall follow, without intermission, giving them no rest day nor night to all eternity. 4. This flood of wrath will probably come upon you suddenly, when you all think little of it, 
and it shall seem far from you. So the flood came upon the old world. See Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, etc. Probably many of them were surprised in the night by the waters bursting suddenly in at their doors or under the foundations of their houses, coming in upon them in their beds. For when the fountains of the great deep were broken up, the waters, as observed before, burst forth in mighty torrents. To such a sudden surprise of the wicked of the old world in the night, probably the deluge in, Job chapter 27, verse 20, terrors take hold on him as waters, a tempest stealeth him away in the night. So destruction is wont to come on wicked men, who hear many warnings of approaching destruction, and yet will not be influenced by them. For he that is often reproved, and hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Proverbs 29, verses 1. And, when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. 5. If you will not hearken to the many warnings which are given you of approaching destruction, you will be guilty of more than brutish madness. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. They know upon whom they are dependent, and whom they must obey and act accordingly. But you, so long as you neglect your own salvation, act as if you knew not God, your creator and proprietor, nor your dependence upon him. The very beasts, when they see signs of an approaching storm, will betake themselves to their dens for shelter. Yet you, when abundantly warmed of the approaching storm of divine vengeance, will not fly to the hiding place from the storm and covert from the tempest. The sparrow, the swallow, and other birds, when they are forewarned of approaching winter, will betake themselves to a safer climate. Yet you who have been often forewarned of the piercing blast of divine wrath will not, in order to escape them, enter into the new Jerusalem of most mild and salubrious air. Though the gate stands wide open to receive you, the very ants will be diligent in summer to lay up for winter, yet you will do nothing to lay up in store a good foundation against the time to come. Balaam's ass would not run upon a drawn sword, though his master, for the sake of gain, would expose himself to the sword of God's wrath, and so God made the dumb ass, both in words and actions, to rebuke the madness of the prophet. First Peter chapter 2, verse 16 In like manner you, although you have been oft warned that the sword of God's wrath is drawn against you, and will certainly be thrust through you, if you proceed in your present course, still proceed regardless of the consequence so god made the very beasts and birds of the old world to rebuke the madness of the men of that day for they even all sorts of them fled to the ark while the door was yet open which the men of the day refused to do god hereby thus signifying that their folly was greater than that of the very brute creatures such folly and madness are you guilty of who refuse to hearken to the warnings that are given you of the approaching flood of the wrath of God. You have been once more warned today, while the door of the ark yet stands open. You have, as it were, once again heard the knocks of the hammer and axe in the building of the ark, to put you in mind that a flood is approaching. Take heed, therefore, that you do not still stop your ears, treat these warnings with a regardless heart, 
and still neglect the great work which you have to do lest the flood of wrath suddenly become upon you sweep you away and there be no remedy end of section thirty two recording by ben wilford of jackson tennessee